Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, it's Kobe here and I just wanted to say a few words before we go into the podcast for real and that's mainly just to say how sorry we were to hear about the passing of Glenn Headley who is the main female actor in the film who plays the the jackal. We actually recorded this episode two or three days before she died on the 8th of June and that's why we don't mention her passing at all and uh, I just want to say straight now if in case it's not so obvious in the discussion how much of an integral part she is in the story and how kind of important she is to the to the film and how it works and how it all comes together. So just want to notice that before we go into the rest of the show. Thank you. All right, guys. This is Two Fat Ducks, is it? 22. Is it Two Fat Ducks? Yes. Okay. Well, it's the 22nd episode of the Flix Watcher podcast. I'm Kobe. I'm Helen. Bingo. On this show, guys, we're talking about Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, the 80s classic starring Steve Martin and Michael Caine, as chosen by Rob and John from Future Music. Like what you hear? Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes. You can find us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and visit the website FlixWatcher.tv for full listings about this particular show. As always, films reviewed in this podcast were available to stream on netflix uk at the time of recording there may be bad language and there may be spoilers you have been warned do you want a professional sounding podcast as professional as flix washer pod if you do we recommend that you check out gl productions they're responsible for our editing and production they're also going to give you a welcome package 10 percent discount if you're interested email podcast at glpro.co.uk send them the message that FlixWatcherPod sent you and they'll give you 10% off your first package Hello and welcome to this edition of FlixWatcherPod Today we are joined by Rob and John You'd like to say hello and introduce yourselves please What a mouthful of jelly babies <laughs> What an intro Yep. I'm Rob, I'm an assistant editor in Film TV I'm just generally a massive film geek Anything to do with films, how they're made, who makes them, who's in them, just everything. So, yep. And John Money, you can hear me uh, on Future Music FM every couple of weeks. Usually, sort of techno and electronic side of things, but every now and then we'll do something relating to films, such as a sci fi soundtrack special. But yeah, huge film fan over the years and uh, particularly enjoyed doing a podcast here previously where we had a go at Tom Hanks's That Thing You Do. So, you guys, you guys all knew each other from university. How? Who had the worst taste in, in films at uni? I think we we're kind of all. It was one thing actually we kind of got on with. Yeah, I think so. Well, we're still friends, probably. 
I hope so. That's what connects you all. So I, th- I can't. Ref- so Helen and I definitely used to usher at the Art Centre Cinema every now and then. We did in Aberystwyth. In Aberystwyth, yes. Yeah. Many years ago. Yeah, where we saw. Uh, I think it was when I saw Dead Man's Shoes. I saw there. That's still pretty the old boy. Is that the Shane Meadows Dead Man's Shoes? It was. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, not a dry eye. Paddy Considine, classic. So yeah, so that goes back. Uh, that's going back ten years or so. I'll say it's more than that, mate. We try not to think about it. Don't mind me. Because we were just... This film we're talking about now is just under 30 years old, which is a shock, actually, isn't it? You chose this film. What is it, Rob? And tell us why you chose it and what happens. It is the marvellous, marvellous 1988 film Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, which is uh, one of the best late 80s comedies. It's uh, Steve Martin at the height of his powers. Michael Caine, obviously being great as Michael Caine yeah. and just really kind of directed by Frank Oz the great Frank Oz and just really one of those films which still makes me laugh is completely quotable and I you know I, I will always <laughs> encourage anyone to go and see this film so. already alluding to your kind of scores yeah no it's gonna be pretty obvious what my scores are I think in advance so. can you give us a sort of synopsis for it oh yeah of course yeah so um there's a very well-off man played by uh, Michael Caine who lives on the French Riviera and he makes his money by conning rich women and he hears about a man or woman called the Jackal who is a con man who is infamous and that is when a man called Freddy played by Steve Martin turns up who is American and brash and cons people but in a much more small scale way he's still very good at it but he's uh, he's has no problem embarrassing himself and has no class whatsoever. Mm. So they actually end up, Freddie ends up trying to learn from Lawrence and then a woman becomes involved and they they have a bet where they go up against each other to try and con the woman out $50,000 first. Yeah. And hilarity ensues. And whoever cons out the money first gets has to, to stay. Le- has and to, the, yeah. and the other guy has to leave town. Yeah. yeah. So... Where do you want to start? Helen, I'm going to start with you first. What What are your thoughts on, on DRS? I've seen this film a lot. <laughs> watching it when I was presumably quite young, because it obviously came out quite then, but I remember watching it a lot through the 90s. And, um... It's one of these films, I, I can't believe anyone of our age who wouldn't have already seen it, because it's just one of those things that was just sort of on all the time. But it's easy to forget how funny Steve Martin was at one point, and this is one of his best performances. There was a lot of quotable moments, particularly to do with, with the cork, which everyone now is uh, remembering about. I don't quite know how, I can't think how many times I have seen it, but it's quite a lot. But there were some bits that I didn't find as funny this time around, which I've not watched before. I haven't watched it fairly recently, but I still think it just about stands up. What scenes, might as well go straight into it, what kind of scenes do you think didn't hold up as much as back in the 80s, in the late 80s? Let's <laughs> <laughs> begin. To me. I mean, how, how do you start to get into this? So basically it comes to the point where Steve Martin has to play a character called Rupert. And... Rupert the monkey boy. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. So the, that that happens, and f- for his safety and for everyone else's safety, he is 
locked up in his own little space. I think you just have to watch it really and decide for yourself whether you think it's acceptable acceptable or it's just a bit silly. It's funny. It, I It's been a very, very long time since I watched this film and I thought I remembered it far more than I did, as it turned out. But, do, but the problem is I did actually know the end already, which so I mean you weren't watching from scratch. And I kind of veered between thinking, God, why is Rob making me watch this? To uh, actually that's still genuinely quite funny um, and some really nice moments in it. So there's, you know, bits with the, the twist, the, the sailors kind of Shanghai Michael Caine, he reappears and stuff like that. I think, uh, actually, I was probably laughing out loud again because I totally forgot about stuff like that. Yeah. On the other hand, I was at one point thinking, yeah, they're kind of mocking people with disabilities quite a lot. Not really, but there's some Brits that are kind of pretty close to the way and, and thought, yeah, he's going to pretend to be, he's being a con artist, pretending to be a quite tragic sort of not a guy in a wheelchair yeah, with emotional yeah. problems. The, the bit where he plays the... Yeah, sort of the brother of the Michael Caine pretending to be this kind of rich aristocrat and, and the brother for associates, he's sort of locked up playing this kind of weird guy eating apple sauce with a cork and a fork. Could you get away with that now? I'm not sure. Probably can. I don't know. I mean, I mean the whole, I, I, I what's, think... what's, the, what's the John Knoxville thing? He, he enters the Special Olympics, for example. I, I think, I, I think, are we ta- well, I think we're taking it probably a little bit too seriously. I think we're yeah. taking it a little bit too seriously because, I mean, there there is a stage show and, and I've seen the stage show and it's 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 the same. There's still Rupert and the Monkey Boy. He still does the same stuff. And it's still, it's kind of, it's more, I, I wouldn't say that, that the character that Steve Martin is is playing is, is poking fun at disabilities, more taking advantage of people's guilt about people with disabilities. Yeah. I think that's how the con works, isn't it? That's that's how the con works. You know, I mean, it's it's, just like one of my absolute favorite scenes, apart from the Ruprecht scene, is is when um is when he says uh, he's in the wheelchair with with her, and he's uh he said that he's saving up for this treatment from this doctor, and Michael Caine pretends to be the doctor, and um and and uh Michael Caine says that he thinks it's psychosomatic, and and um. Stephen Martin disagrees, and that's when he goes to get like a, a stick or a cane or something, mm. and just you just he just takes these massive run ups and just smash you know whips them really hard in the legs, and Stephen Martin just has to pull that grimacing face that he did so well back then and kind of go, I can't feel anything, you know, and it just it still just absolutely makes me laugh, you know, because she's there, she then afterwards says, look at him, he's so happy, he's crying, <laughs> you know, he's just. I think um, that- I, I just, I just, I don't think that's poking fun at. No, no, I, just, no, I, 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 really I don't know. really think so either. I, I wonder whether or not it, it don't. It's, some of it is still genuinely quite funny. Some of it's like feels a bit more dated than I perhaps would remember, which is fair because it's got it. She's thirty years old. I think in this kind of climate, I'm not sure if it would be produced from scratch in the same way. No, although they are trying to remake it. Yeah, which is really, with, with Rebel Wilson for some reason. It's mm. yes, yeah, so it's been it's like the Ghostbusters reboot, so female characters, which. Uh, you know, if it's great, great. If it's not, then... But it's that big 80s cash-in thing as well. I mean, apparently Rebel Wilson is also... I don't know why she keeps coming up. Is uh, developing a remake of Private Benjamin as well. You know, the Goldie Horn film. Yeah. So yeah. Just, who's, who's going to be in that then? Aaron Wilson. If they're going to turn it around and, you know, do the reverse of, go, re- reverse of Ghostbusters. Well, well, this film could have been a very different film. The trivia would suggest that it was originally a vehicle for Mick Jagger and David Bowie. Yeah, yeah, no, I read that. What a terrible, terrible film I it was, would have been. I was also reading about the um, the people that Frank Oz tried to get before he settled on Michael Caine and Steve Martin. And the people for um, Michael Caine's part 
Started off with John Cleese. I could see that. And then Michael Palin. Mm-hmm. And then Richard Dreyfus, <laughs> which is just a wow. really bizarre kind of threesome. And um, uh, he eventually settled on um, Michael Caine. Because so he settled on Caine. He he settled on Caine because not really because, a, not really a phrase. Well, no, 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 no. Well, no. He he decided on on Michael Caine because he wanted him to be as close to David Niven as possible, which I think is. You know, it's pretty you, close. Yeah, I mean, I think Michael Caine, that's basically kind of what he's doing. It's like yeah. almost like a David Niven impression. Film, it makes so. me wish that Michael Caine would do more comedy. He just seems to do kind of shuffly, old, miserable now. So who is, who is up for the Steve Martin role? Do you take a note of that? Apparently, Richard Dreyfuss thought that they wanted him for the Steve Martin role, but apparently they always wanted Steve Martin once yeah. it, it started moving forward. I think it's one of those things where at that time in the 80s, if you wanted someone like Robin Williams, you got Robin Williams. There's yeah. no way else is going to replace him. Steve Martin and well, uh, Steve Eddie Martin, Murphy, you know, kind of I mean, you're I'm not going to. Although for Beverly Hills Cop, the original, it was Sylvester Stallone, wasn't it? It was supposed to be the. Well, there's the all kinds of it. ridiculous original castings, you know, like Tom Selleck for Indiana Jones and like Will Smith for Neo in The Matrix. And right, stuff he turned like that. that down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that's all, you know, and, and, and you're right. It would be, it would be, Completely. this would be a totally different film. Those would all be totally different films mm. if you. If you didn't have the the cast, that, but that you know that comes from a point of nostalgia, doesn't it? That you know I can't imagine it being different, but but it it might still have worked. It might might be great with David Bowie. I don't know. Oh, but I'm just trying any, to work out who would have been who. Anyone who's seen the video to Dancing in the Street would know that it would not be a good idea. Especially the version where the music's turned off That's and it's it, just yeah. the, the the phony sounds. Be that for uh, imagine David Bowie be, being Ruprecht in the in the Ruprecht scene. That would have been. So you, you don't know who horrendous Steve Martin's role. I think the, so. The upstart. Yeah, I think so. Maybe. God, who knows? The one thing I did love actually was the music. Joyous. Joyous kind of 80s throwback fun music. And it's actually it's quite you know, sort of, you know. And it's a beautiful, I mean, you know, and it's the sleazy 80s as well, isn't it? So everyone's everyone looks like they've got loads of money and it's a beautiful can. setting. And yeah. I think that scene you talked about with the whipping of the legs as a kid that used to have me in stitches. That was that was probably the highlight scene for me, and like yourself, Helen, I'm sure I watched it like five times a year because it was either always on or always one of the things we had on VHS. And that was a time when you used to watch like three or four films maybe a day at the weekend if you just had lots of stuff on and, and used to come on repeat. But I had, wear the tape out, wear the t- exactly, and you'd have to do that thing where you had to kind of adjust the tracking to try and get it to <laughs> work properly. There's some people out there going, "What do you mean adjust the tracking?" Yeah, a lot of people going about there saying, "What." What do you mean by tracking lines? I loved it. Yeah, I loved this as a kid. I think it's absolutely magnificent as a kid. And I was haven't seen I'm sure I haven't seen it for at least 15 years, though. So I was really chuffed that when you suggested it, Rob, I thought, yeah, that's that's one of the reasons we kind of started this, was to pull back films I hadn't seen for a while and compare them to how we saw them. So, yeah, I, yeah, I loved the bits I still loved. And I was kind of did cringe a bit of Ruprecht, but I still think it's a generally good-willing film. And well, I actually had a well, like, like you, was, you said before we started, it's got a uh, it's actually got a twist ending as yeah, well. That's what I was going to say. You know, and and that's an, that's part of the reason why you couldn't make this now because that would probably have been wrecked somehow in the, <laughs> you the know internet, in the trailers yeah. or in the internet or something. Second trailer just because that was yeah, exactly. that, yeah. Second trailer just tells you the entire film, but but yeah, you know the, the the twist that the woman that they're trying to they're trying to con is actually been conning them the entire time, and is the jackal. Isn't, and is the jackal, yeah. which is a nice, it's, 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 a, it's a great reverse, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting 
that it was for a the woman. Yeah, for yeah. the 80s, yeah, yeah. And it was a woman like as well. Yeah, it's, um, and the fact that she comes back at the end and then tries to get them to join the help her to uh, to con money out of loads of rich people arriving on a on a boat. It's just, uh, I think that the, great. that is that is a lovely scene actually. The realization where you know, so it's, it's all come to a head, and Michael Caine sort of patch off in the plane. She's thinks, she's, she's, thinks she's giving back the money and everything yeah. else because actually, and then it's, and Steve Martin comes back and he he's been handcuffed and conned and he's explaining what's going on and the realization that those that she's taken the money off them. Well, Michael Caine's given away fifty grand yeah, of his, his own, own money, money exactly. which is just kind of shows that it, you know even the con man can be yeah can have a bit of a soft spot. And yeah, Steve Martin's like oh low down. He, Michael Caine's just looking at the plane taking off, just with ad- admiration of the eyes, says like, isn't she wonderful? You know, it's just that's quite a good scene. I think, though, you, I mean, you talked about it being the 80s and this wouldn't have happened then, but, I mean, we both, Helen and I, both read that uh, book by Hadley Freeman. The awesome life moves really fast. Yeah, the ma- life moves really fast. And that talks quite interestingly about how there were a lot of much more interesting female characters in the 80s, progressive female characters in the 80s than there were perhaps in the 90s and nowadays. So I think this is an, an example. They didn't, I don't think they talked about this film in the book, but this is an example where it kind of blew my mind the first time I saw it. It's like, oh, it's a woman. She's the jackal. Ah, oh, great, great. I love that. And I think it's really, I think it's really cool how they they kind of played that. Yeah, so unexpected that a woman would be that intelligent. I suppose. <laughs> Ooh, he's going back to the eighties with all the making fun of the disabled people. Yeah, but that's <laughs> and Steve Martin's swimwear. Yeah, and did anyone on the, else on the beach? Would, yes, remember Oof, that. Found that quite disconcerting. <laughs> Well, he was a very desirable man then. He was. He was. This he was... is why it's funny that you know. Yeah. He's... Again, it wouldn't be made like that these days. No, <laughs> I think they'd need to upgrade that. No, there's not many films you say Michael Caine. He was like fourth on the list or something, and Steve Martin was our first choice for that role. In the stage show, did he have speedos on as well? Do you know? I don't remember. Could be that bit. I think it was really just in, normal short. Yeah, because the whole point is he is brash and he doesn't give a shit. So, I think it was quite short shorts, but it wasn't like. Oh no, I think it was almost No, I just mean in the stage show. Oh, in the stage show, I was saying, yeah. Not the sort of slightly glittery red speedos. <laughs> with, yeah. John, we know you've got a set though. I've got two. Yeah. So I, I think it is a mix of pure physical comedy mm. and very clever kind of role reversal and wordplay, which is often quite rare. You either kind of get the full out physical comedy or something that's a little bit cerebral. So it is a very good mix. I think I don't think you get, you don't really get films now, and this makes me sound very nostalgic. But there's there's not many comedy films now. Tend to just be people improvising, or you know, especially American comedy films are very much about improvising, just leaving the camera on and, and things like this. Whereas this is, you know, proper pratfalls and proper physical comedy. Mm. But but you know, like you say, the cerebral part of it as well, and and that mix compared to a modern core comedy film i don't think you get that so much now and, and you, you said you saying that you're a, you're a big fan of judd dapital who is the master of leaving the camera rolling and presenting yeah, no, to everyone yeah no yeah i i, I really am because there's something i don't something kind of painful ma- masochistic about it which <laughs> is uh which I, I i find them i find them funny but very realistic because the reason i like them is because because they're slightly boring because no, 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 no. Because he's kind because... of gone downhill, hasn't he? he? Started off quite high, and then Apatow. Yeah, it's gone. How did you, where did he start high? Well, I guess what was the high point. Forty-year-old virgin was probably the. Was that the high point? Well, do you not like any of his films? Then no, I do. I do. I, I, I just think generally there's time that could be taken off, and I think 
my favorite film of his would be Funny People if it was a lot shorter. I think the premise of that was if it wasn't two and a half hours long. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, going back to this Rotten Scoundrels because that's what we're here. Yeah, well, I, was, I can say it's the same. It's well, it's the same era as you know, like Planes, Trains, Automobiles. Yeah. which still had that physical comedy, but Steve also the cerebral yeah. thing. But there's also there's still a bit of heart in there. Yeah, you know, there's still it's I mean, quite it's, sweet, it's, isn't it? In some places, it's not John Hughes like like Planes, Trains, Automobiles is because that's really got that's really quite sentimental in parts. It's almost like a bridge from that kind of humour into adult humour that we yeah. So it was like, oh, this is kind of like a bit of an adulty film, but we're watching it. Yeah, I mean, I, I the rating must have been a 15 or something. Sure. No, I'm, just think, I'm sure Maybe. it would have been a PG. I don't one. know. I don't, I don't know, because there's not really any swearing. No, no, no. no, no, no real... PG, I think it is. Yeah. 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 Well, it's PG nowadays, certainly. But it's quite weird how some ratings changed because Ghostbusters is now a 12 when it was a PG when it first came out. Oh, really? And things like Aliens are now 15 when that was an 18. When it Alien? Yeah, Alien and Aliens are both. 15. No, they must still be 18. No, they're 15s. No. Yeah. Jeez, I'm not letting my daughter watch them when she's 15. <laughs> you should do that. You've got to save something. What parenting's all about. No, that's what bad parenting is about. Bad parenting is when you, you go to your daughter's class when she's in year six and uh, her friend says, oh, I watched Alien at the weekend. You're like, what? She says, oh, it wasn't scary. What, what do you mean it wasn't scary? <laughs> Desensitized much. Yeah, no, I suppose it's in a way it's kind of, it's got a dark edge, but it's actually... Quite an it's, innocent movie, really, yeah. isn't it? It's a bit silly um, and sweet. Yeah, it is ultimately about two men that try to con women out of money to some extent. <laughs> well, that's well. what all us men do, long term. Uh, and but you know, it's done with a bit of humour, obviously. But uh, yeah, yeah, and it turns out sort of it gets turned around on them in the end, and they both get the just desserts, I suppose. But the both characters are great. I kind of the whole Michael Caine thing. Actually, quite I, for me, almost the, the early bits where Michael Caine's trying to get rid of him repeatedly. Steve yeah. Martin, the new yeah. brash guy on town who's going to sort of scare away as they call it all the game and because michael Caine's is a very sophisticated guy he plays with sophisticated everything else and yeah steve martin is steve martin but then he spends all this time kind of training him up in hilarious montage yeah yes, it was, it was, I, I really thought of team america montage at that point but. to then basically go oh, sod it we'll just make i'll just make you be these ridiculous characters true well that's all part of the game wasn't it to get him because he wouldn't accept just going away the normal way by being, you know, set up by the police and and being told to kind of fuck off out of time. Th- he came back after that, so he had to up his game to get him away, which worked for a second, but still didn't didn't take. But... Not mother. <laughs> Not... <laughs> yeah, that was mother. mother. You said who was it said that this was Steve Martin at the height of his game? Do you reckon? He, I think after this, I think we're kind of looking at maybe parenthood. Which is amazing. Yeah, and getting a into bit later. Fa- and Father of the Bride. And then Father of the Bride where Father of the Bride is kind of when it started I'm, yeah, going yeah. wrong. And I think post then is, oh, he's not really come back I mentioned that. it to a young guy today that we were doing this. And, I, and he said, oh, I haven't seen that one. And I said, oh, yeah, Steve Martin when he was very famous. And he said, and he said yeah, 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 it's cheaper by the dozen was all right. But and I was like, I'm, I'm talking way before that, mate. Yeah. <laughs> this is LA story, Parenthood's. Oh, I forgot about L.A. Story. The Jerk. The Jerk, yeah. Well, The Jerk's his first movie, and that was like 79 or something. Yeah. I, I mean, for me, Planes and Trains and Horsemen yeah. is still the one. That's 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 genuinely my favourite film of all time. Oh, is it? Oh. Yeah, it genuinely is. I mean, so this is very close to that in terms of my Steve Martin love. But um, it's just got, yeah, it's just got those moments Maybe where they just let oh, him he, off the train a little bit. He's doing a comeback. Who, who could be a good writer for him? Who do you think? He just plays banjo now. 
Steve Martin. Yeah, he just plays ban- yeah, he plays banjo. banjo I've seen him on Jules Holland playing banjo. Yeah, yeah. that's what he does. What he, came, he came back for the SNL 40th anniversary, and it was hilarious. The one thing I actually wanted uh, watching it again that I didn't quite jump out of my seat, but it was uh, it was, it was Emperor Palpatine. Is uh oh. is um this Ian McDermott plays uh, Michael Caine's butler? Oh, who, of who, course. Who's late and was like, whoa, 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 whoa. there's a few lines of dialogue. Rebellion. In film. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, excluded orders, you know, whatever it is. So that was quite interesting. I, I didn't realize he was in it. So we're well, going to go on to, you know. And of course, uh, the female character, Glenn Hedy. Yeah. Hedy. You may know her from ER. She was quite a biggish character uh, in of ER. Course. With Dr. Carter. Yep. She was a surgeon. Yeah. But never really kind of did that much else. No. I've, other I've than this. I've seen her recently in the HBO miniseries, the, in the, the Night Of. Oh, I, I, I didn't get around to watching that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I just watched that quite recently. So before watching this Rotten Scoundrels, there's one as well as like, I know her from somewhere. Yeah, but she hasn't, yeah. Great voice. Yeah, fantastic. Guys, I think it's time for popcorn. Sure. Popcorn before we go to the score. So we've got the guys from Popcorn Shed to give us some lovely popcorn. Take a big handful of that and Thank put you. it in your face. Sure. So... This here is the secret family recipe, although they put the ingredients in the back, so we all know the the secret now. But it's pecan pie, caramel popcorn with golden roasted pecans. Pecan pie. <laughs> and it's super tasty. That's a different film. What film's that? When Harry Met Sally. Ah, I would, would like, like a, a piece, piece of, of your pecan pie. Pecan pie. I hope someone is that. I've looked for that a few times. It's not on there. It's, yeah. it's not. on that was, I French want, I, Netflix, believe it or not. I, really, I, think. I actually, that was actually my first thought for this. Yeah. Before I, before I found this that is, on there. That I, watch, I watched that at New Year. It is, it is still brilliant. Perfect film. Yeah. That's one of the, that's one of the films that's we talked why about. why I in, wanted to watch it, yeah, because I read the book. Yeah. The... Have you seen it before? Yeah, I've seen loads. But There's got to be people who haven't seen that film. Probably. I'll bet. Yeah. And, and the same again with Billy, Billy Crystal, probably like, who's Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, they know. Well, young he's, young he's, people. He's Mike in in Monsters Mike Wazowski. Yeah, the Monsters He Inc. did a um he did a series with Josh Gad recently called Comedians. Oh, that was fucking which awesome. is really really good yeah. and it just got cancelled. Was it just one season? Yeah, no one watched oh, it. Man. Oh no, that was so, so fucking. That good. was so. There's a scene where he's walking through a supermarket when he's high on high on marijuana, and his face is just one of the absolute pure joy when he's kind of just high with a big stupid goofy grin on his face. I think it's time. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The scores, guys. We're going back to Dirty Rotten Scoundrels That's after it, a bit yeah. of a sound Popcorn interlude. A bit of an interlude. So Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, we're going to go to Rob because you chose this recommendability score. Five. <laughs> <laughs> everyone everyone should, uh, should watch this just to see a masterclass in Steve Martin. Yeah. So hold on. If, if Planes, Trades and Automobiles is your favourite film, is that equally as recommendable as this? That gets a that definitely gets in like a 
a fucking ten. I mean, I mean on the scale of five. No, because <laughs> planes, trains is just beyond beyond. It's beyond scores. It's 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 bigger than numbers. So, no, this is. I would highly recommend this. Yeah, Helen. Oh, sorry, John. Keep with the guess order. first. Yeah, I'm gonna get three. Oh, whoa. Three. No, lower than four. Yeah, you're dead to me. Yeah, that's <laughs> fucking good with that. The friendship is over. It was it was more entertaining than I. Th- Actually, no. To be fair, I kind of I forgot all about it and then remember bits of it. I kind of meandered between. Quite enjoyed it, and I thought actually it's not as fun as I remember. But still, you know, if you if you want to rake over the sort of nostalgia a bit and give another go, it's still entertaining. So uh, rake over nostalgia. Rake over nostalgia. Was looking at me, Helen. It's a tricky one because <laughs> don't roll your eyes at me. Still eating the popcorn. I'm going to take the popcorn time's over. Take away, take away. Me and Jack are going to stay The soft chew. I mean, if you... I... We've all seen it before. We reviewed it, haven't we? Like yeah. loads of times. I've, this is a, probably at least the 20th time I've seen it, but not for a while. Not for a long time. Yeah, yeah so honest. I can't imagine... What kind of person you are if you haven't seen it? I mean, Younger. it's yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think what, how someone watching it for the first time would feel, and how I feel about because watching it again recently, I re- remembered it being a lot funnier. But obviously, time has passed, and I've seen other films, and my tastes have changed. I'm going to go four point five. Ooh. I thought I was a lot of meandering for a very high yeah, score. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can I, I kind of think if you haven't seen it then really you sh- you should really because it is very funny and it's kind of one of those Steve Martin films that was brilliant for him yeah. and he's never really he's never going to be this brilliant again probably not so well, you should probably watch it but the, fu- the funny thing is now that watching it again it now feels like a Michael Caine film with Steve Martin in it just because of if you, if you somebody, if somebody hadn't watched it was Ten years younger, fifteen years, whatever it is, say. Yeah, because he's film. obviously. It's yeah. an early Michael Caine film with a guy called Steve Martin, and it was just a bit harsh, given you know where it was time. But watching it now, like, you know where, where the stars are. Yeah. Why do we fall down, sir? So we can pick ourselves up again. Exactly. <laughs> That's all everyone's going to know. I'm going to put four because that's where I feel. Yeah, I think it's good. I can't think who shouldn't watch it, but I think like just hearing you talk about a bit, Helen, and just thought, oh. There might be some Before people. I rewatched it, I probably would have just gone, oh, straight five. Rah, rah, rah. Yeah, yeah. And then, I don't know, I wish I hadn't rewatched it. But there were there are some things like I did forget, like John was saying, like with the with a bit with the with the soldiers, with the with the navy people. Yeah. Where he took them into the van and then he comes back. There's lots of things I've forgotten that were really cool. Repeat viewing score. So now we've we've repeat viewed viewed in the early nineties and eighties when it first came out. What are we thinking about now? Rob. I did originally write down five, but just to just to not be so obvious, I'm going to actually say four because it's a kind of. I, I recognise that there there are things which, like like you guys have said, aren't might not necessarily sit well with everyone now, or or some people might have better memories about it than, than when they rewatch it. But I still think it's one of those films that, if it was on TV, mm-hmm. and like I was saying earlier, if it's on TV, you I think you'd watch it. Yeah. If you're like eating your quick dinner or something you know it's the kind of film you could just sit and watch yeah and know that you're gonna laugh you can pick up at any point in the film you know if you yeah, yeah if you yeah if you just need if you if you know sometimes you just need to watch a film because you need to 
feel feel good and forget about something i think you can tune out and watch this and you know you're gonna laugh yeah and it'll be fun john i was gonna go two but i think i'll say rob's kind of talked me up to maybe a three i think because I'm, I'm not i'm probably not gonna sit down and make a point of watching it in the near future but yeah possibly it's 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 despite all the things I said earlier it's not really offensive and it's quite fun it's quite entertaining and yes there's some bits even sort of that but you might think i'd rather leave it in the 20 years ago when I enjoyed it as a kid, but the still bits that are still entertaining and funny. And it, it probably deserves more than a two because it's a lot better than some other films that you wouldn't ever really want to watch again, but not a four. Helen? I'm going to go 3.5. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a little bit longer than it needs to be. Mm-hmm. It, you could trim maybe 20 mins off. 15, yeah. 15, 20 mins off would be it, but I... I I would probably, if someone said, oh, I haven't seen Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, do you want to watch it? I would probably say yes. And again, if it happened to be on and I was sat in the front of the TV, I would watch it at any point. I wouldn't feel like I need to see it from the start, but I wouldn't, from doing this, think, oh, I need to see that again soon. But yeah, I, I will watch it again. I think I'm going to say three based on how often I used to watch it at when it first came out on TV and wearing down the VHS to how often I'm likely to watch it now. I'm sure, I'll probably, I'm sure I'll watch it multiple times now, but I think it'll be once every couple of years type thing at the very, very most. But unlike you guys have iterated, I've said before, if it if it's on TV or if it's on and, you know, once we're in the background to wait until the whipping scene or wait until Rupert and the Monkey Boy does something, then I'll happily sit down and watch that and maybe dive out when it gets a bit boring. Kind I mean, of, but yeah. you're not going to buy it, are you? I mean, no, no one's... Yeah, you know, I'm not going to buy it. I, I I love it, but I'm I'm not going to spend eight pounds downloading or something. Yeah. No, exactly. But I mean, but I just mean like, you don't you need to feel the need. You don't to need own to it. permanently own it. Yeah. You don't have that moment where you think I really need to watch it right now. Yeah. Small screen score. I think it does very well on a small screen. I mean, as evidenced by the fact that you know I watched it 30 years ago when well, I, I clearly wouldn't have been up well did anyone here watch it in the cinema Has no anyone? exactly yeah. well that's the thing so we were, that would we be a bit young. hard yeah. Like, yeah don't remember because at eight years well old. that's what i was going to say I, I would have watched it on a you know when tv screens were four three and the whole film had been panned and scanned and yeah. and like you say with the tracking and stuff and i don't think it detracts from the comedy of it so i used to go to cinemas a lot when i was a kid but at eight years old i would have been watching things like teenage Mutant ninja turtles and that kind of path this wouldn't i wouldn't have seen that this at the cinema so that's quite interesting. Sorry, your score? Four. Yeah. Yeah, four actually is fine. Yeah, works well on a small screen. Wouldn't rush out to watch in the cinema, but yeah, perfectly fine on the TV. Well, I'm going to give it a five. I yeah. mean, this is a perfect film for watching on TV. And, you know, you could kind of pop in a little break, but, you know, Friday <laughs> Friday night, get the beers in, stick this on. It's quite funny. It's laid back. There's no need to watch it on a massive screen. But, um, yeah. I wouldn't get the beers in to watch this, but I'd be like, "Oh, I've got beers. Yes, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna crack open." Let's a... order a pizza. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna go five as well because I think there's no benefit really in watching the cinema at all. <laughs> well, <laughs> also, it, it's quite, it also it is sort of you know what we set this podcast out to do. It's one of those films that is quite old now, yeah. and you you may have missed it or you may have seen it when you were a lot younger, and it, be, it might be one that you listen to this and go, "Yeah, I think." think i'll give it a go and you can just pop on netflix there it is although actually yeah i was just sorry just an extra thought thinking about it is, is that if it was if like prince charles did a re-release or something of it it's the kind of film because it's a comedy film from the 80s that is very quotable 
I would actually really quite like to watch it with a, an audience in terms of you know, comedies always work better when there's a lot of people watching and they're all laughing together. And I think that would be an interesting... Everyone could go with a little eye patch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, well, I think you would get... Secret cinema. Well, the, the, the funny moments would be bigger, wouldn't they? In, there would be. In, and in, I, in I do kind of quantify whether I'd like to see it at Prince Charles. And I think this is good, but I don't think I would fork over the money and the time to the effort to go to see, to Prince Charles to watch it. I think there's other films I'd rather watch in it with a shared experience. But do you want to adjust your score? No, let's leave it at that. <laughs> Engagement score. I mean, I, I would say I would say five because, as we were saying, you could just switch it on and, and enjoy it. You don't have to. You don't have to be fully engaged. You don't, but you can be fully engaged. You know, you can you can just and that's it, it grabs your attention for the full movie, or you, it can grab your attention for part of it. I suppose. So I just think it's it's very watchable. So I would say five. John three again. Well, for the very reason I don't think it, I didn't feel like oh my god I'm gonna have to watch this all the way through and I think it is but I think because some bits are better than others in, with hindsight I think and uh, me personally did enjoy it some bits better than others but so I'm not gonna not gonna give it a huge score but it's still entertaining enough. I'm gonna give it a three just because I've seen it so many times mm. that I kind of knew what was coming so I didn't need to be fully engaged and I did get quite into sort of trivia reading while I was watching it as well just because I was just like oh I want to find out a little bit more about it but if you're watching it for the first time I think the runtime shouldn't be a problem I think if you've never seen it before it should kind of zip along quite nicely but yeah when you've seen it you know 10 plus times yeah it's, it's hard to be that fully engaged I think I think 2.4 for me the uh <laughs> you're laughing at the decimal places the I think I haven't, I haven't seen it like for 15 10 15 years and I'd had forgotten what was happening, what was going to happen. But now I've seen it again. I don't think I need to really be, I'll just be kind of waiting for the next funny bit to happen and quite happy to be pottering around that until the next funny bit happens again. So I don't think I need to be fully engaged. doesn't really detract from how much I'll enjoy it though, I don't think. But uh, I don't think, I don't feel I need to be like 100% on it and down, you know, looking into the, into the film. That gives an overall score of 384 which I think is very reasonable. Yeah, yeah. it's about four, isn't it? Yeah, it's about a four-star film. Round it up. Should we go to the to the Twitter people? What are they saying? What are the Twitter people saying? Jojo Cast, I remember watching this classic when younger, but uh, tried again recently and it fell flat, so probably 2.5 stars now. Was I just having an odd day? What do you reckon? Was Jojo Cast having an odd day? No. <laughs> yes. Are you, jo are you Jojo Cast? It's <laughs> no. definitely higher than a 2.5. Yeah. I mean... 3.5 is probably the lowest rate you could get yeah. on it. Theme Park Films Podcast says, one of my favourite films, Why is the Cork and a Fork? And Kane hitting Martin's legs are two of the funniest scenes ever. We've talked about both of those. Doesn't give a rating. No. no theme Park Films. Launching the pilot says, very enjoyable romp with petty great casting. I'm sure it's supposed to be pretty. pretty. Never sure who's going to outwit who four stars. And I think... Yeah, when you when you first watch it, it's really good. Oh, also, I think the Beardo Talks film, this is great. It's right funny, like, <laughs> which is, yeah, that's that's true. But you didn't give us a four, a rating out of five. Yeah. So, again, positive. Well, it's positive on the Twitter as well, apart from Jojo Cast, which is kind of mediocre. But, yeah, we've gave I think it... I think it's worth a revisit. I think if yeah. you, you have seen it a, a long time ago, definitely go back to it. And if you haven't seen it, then, um, yeah, give it a go. Absolutely. And so... find out why the cork is on the fork. Rupert the monkey boy. Ah. Guys, who are you? How can we find you? So 
John Lonnie. Uh, you can find me fortnightly on Fusion Music FM or on Twitter or Mixcloud at John Lonnie. I'm uh, Rob Goward, and you can find me on Twitter as at Rob Makes Films on there occasionally. Yeah, fantastic. Well, cheers for your time, guys. Really enjoyed it, and thanks for the film choices. See you again soon. Sayonara. Cheers. Bye. Bye. And that was Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, as chosen by Rob and John. Uh, thank you very much, guys. And do follow them online. We've got all the links to find them in the show notes. Please don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes. And, of course, we want to big up Tony and Jay and also Greg, our editors from GL Productions. Of course, please big up Mighty People for the tunes you can hear now. And at the start of the podcast, find us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and visit our website, FlixWatcher.tv. Cheers.